Welcome, welcome, welcome to Transmissions of the Heart with Divinely Sarah. I am so excited about our show today, but before we get started with our special guest, Sadora Williams, we're going to start off with prayer. So first of all, we would just like to give honor to all seven directions, north, east, southwest, above, below, and within. And with that, we would like to give high honors to our uplifted ancestors, our guides, our fierce protectors, and skilled healers. Please stand with us, be with us at all times, and guide us along this journey with a level head and an open heart. We are root of your root. We are soil of your soil. We are bone of your bone, and we are flesh of your flesh. Not deaf to our sincere cries, not blind to our honest plea. Thank you for being the whisper in our ears that protects and guides us along this divine journey called life. Ashe. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. I'm so excited to have hey, Williams in the house. I'm How you doing, wife. sis? I am well. I am well, as good as can be. I'm a little sleepy sound, but... I know, I know. We got, we got plans for that. Wait, we, we got. Wait, wait. We do, we do. So we gonna have to, we gonna have to be up right now. So mm-hmm. I just want to let our listeners know that um, Zadora Williams has a vast of knowledge under her belt. She is a mental health and wellness expert. She is a public speaker. She is an educator. She is a black family advocate. And she got her own business, y'all. Sankofa Center of Healing. Okay? And that's just the least of it. Okay? She's a mother. She's my friend. She's a beautiful person. She's been involved in all my businesses. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? So, Mm -hmm. no one knows you better than you know yourself. So, can you please introduce yourself? To our audience. Yes. Hi, y'all. Thank you. I am Zadora, um, also known as Sunflower Z, the light, Ooh. the healer, the all I can be. Um, it is Z. Um, yeah. What can I say? I am just a person who loves and enjoys healing others and enjoys being the light. Like, I'm yes. I shine and people get a little buzz off my energy. And I realized that. And I'm like, not only am I healing people when I heal people, but my presence is also um, very healing and just a light to be around. So I kind of just started honoring and owning that, that I am. I'm a light. A light that shines brightly all the time. In or out of the darkness, okay? That is, that is fast. Because you, is fast. no matter where I see you or meet up with you, you are always very upbeat, no matter what. How did you get mm-hmm. like that, sis? Like, how how can we all partake in that energy? Get some Libra in your chart. No, get some didn't. Libra. Get some balance. You said get, get some balance. Yes. I Hello. heard that. I yes. love that. Girl, you said, look. What is that? That that reminds me of the deity Mayat, right? Mm-hmm. Because Mayat loves balance, love to balance the scales. And with me being an Aries, uh, Libra is the sign that helps to balance me out. It's the op- mm-hmm. it's on the opposite end of the scale. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Aries and Libra. Mm-hmm. Best friend is Aries. <laughs> right. Ah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's the it's that fire. It's no, that fire, it. sis. No. Mm-hmm. I know all all's about it. <laughs> right. So yeah. one thing I so tell us tell us a little bit about how you became who you are today, um, how you became the mental health specialist, you know, mm-hmm. what um, influenced you to start your own business. But I like to start at the beginning, right? Because everyone has a, has a, um, has a story of how they grew up. You know, they, most people have seen things since they were small. Mm-hmm. They knew they had healing hands or there was st- something special or unique. Oh, I knew I had from the beginning. hands. From the beginning, I had hands, baby. Chicago right. raised me, baby. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> right, 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 right. I knew them hands could be used for healing too, though. Right, <laughs> I didn't know. right, right, right. Your hands and your presence. Okay, okay. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, yes, I'm okay. I'm sitting here sipping my tea. I want to hear about the whole journey. I, oh, I already know. I'm gonna give you these. Right. I'm gonna give you them piping hot parts and a lukewarm tea. The tea that you give us the tea. You, give us the tea, mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the tea? Mm-hmm. So, pretty much, I would say this mental health expert journey definitely started when I was a kid, living yeah. on the east side of Chicago, 79th and right quest for my people who out in them shy, you know. Hey. Um. But no, for real, just growing up and um, witnessing what was going on in my community. Like, mm-hmm. I lived in a neighborhood, which I loved. Um, I did not know much outside of my neighborhood. <laughs> like, as far as, oh, what, suburbs? Things exist outside of my little community, which I've known majority of my life. Yeah. And um, I'm just seeing the kids in school, my classmates, my friends off the block, um, the way they would kind of be treated or kind of quickly labeled as bad kids and mm. and such. And I was like, I just wasn't okay with that even then because yeah. my mom, our house growing up, we was that house on the block. My mom was like the mother to everybody. So I love that. But it was always like 10 of us at any given time, baby. We would be piled up laps on laps in a period <laughs> I was a baby. Yes, that's that tribe. No, for real. And that's mm-hmm. that's what my mom, that's what I grew up in, is witnessing wow. my mom be the social worker of the block. <laughs> Essentially, be the social worker of the block. What's that? Okay, so not to interrupt your flow, but was so she funny. a social worker in real life? Like, was she that her la- calling? So later on, she did dabble. She was actually an early childhood educator for, wow. and also, Obi-Gani, my mom was a nurse delivering babies. That wow. was her, her her whole journey but always around kids, kids i love kids. that so that's interesting yes I guess yeah I guess get a lot of it from mom you get it from your mama <laughs> yes yes so um my kids you know definitely we seen a lot of gang activity a lot of drugs and i was on drugs my mom just always kind of was that person like i said her house was the safety house it was the place you know you could come get food you could go yeah things because my mom was I'm not just taking my kids so we all going to the museum we all going to this park we all going to travel yeah. so um I grew up in that very environment and I also knew what was going on in 
other people's households. So when I would go to school and hear teachers like saying how some of these kids that I know were bad and then I'm like, man, if you knew what happened last night, you would understand why the kid was sleep in class. Yeah. You would understand why this kid is oh don't want to do this, don't can't be telling like you would understand. But yeah. you know, at that age, all I knew is I didn't like it and Zadora had a tune on her in the back of mouth. <laughs> So I was just a young advocate already. Like, that was me. That's the only thing I would get in, in trouble for in school will be talking back. Because if you talking foul about one of my friends, and I know that's not true, I got a problem with it. And I speak up on it. So right. And a lot of different, um, just little conversations, little pink slips here and there. You were, <laughs> you were an advocate at a young age, girl. That's what that's called. It's called an advocate. No, for real. That's what I'm like. When I look back, I was like, yo, I was using my mouth because I knew this wasn't, I knew it wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and just growing up, I, it just furthered my own curiosity to want to understand why. Why are some of the folks that was in the work, why they did behave the way they did? Because I want to understand, like I can see, but I wanted to understand so that I can help, like, hey, facilitate those conversations. Like, no, this is, this is really what's going on. Not what you see, but this. Right. So um, I just learned down the path of, you know, I ended up working with kids and families in every opportunity from preschool teacher and then college. I studied psychology because I'm like, I want to know about the mind. I want to understand behavior. I want to understand right. and I want to be able to take it back and do work with my community to help them heal. But also, you know, I was really thinking a lot about the schools and kids and really trying to shift that narrative around, okay, how they see Black children and also how can y'all be more supportive of them as far as their mental health goes. Right. Yeah, that's like pivotal as far as I seen something, I didn't like it, and I was activated. And hey, literally, this is this is first grade, first grade Zadora. This is first grade Zadora. Wow. And kindergarten Zadora was also still a firecracker because baby, I see my son, and right. I was like, baby, that was me. You and him, right? <laughs> but um, it's just really just that community aspect. So my mom, I seen that with my mom, and she was also a home daycare provider. So I also got to do that, got to experience working with kids, working with families, seeing my mom nurture other folks. And that just became the framework. And little did I know, it's actually aligned with where my natural gift sets are as far as what I was born with. It's, it aligns perfectly to be a healer, to be a mental healer, because I do. I'm just naturally very understanding. Whew. Analytical, baby. Right. <laughs> well, don't you, you analyze to, you know. tea out of something. No. Well, you'd be the, the perfect person to go to then, right? Because we don't want nobody yes. to just, you know. Exactly. We want them to know. And ask be, questions. Exactly. Thorough. You know, it's just not many people um, get out of the uh, part of the world that you are from. Oh, yeah. How, how, how did it feel when you were actually able to leave your neighborhood and move somewhere else? Did you have to like, leave a lot of friends behind? or I didn't, I didn't like it. I wasn't happy. <laughs> because when we moved from city of Chicago, we moved to Ohio, <laughs> then back, wow. and then lived in the suburbs. And to be honest, I mean, the city was all 
all I knew. Like when you grow up and you really do not understand that something exists past the certain streets that you were permitted to go to, I really hadn't, it's so, it cracks me up when I think about it like that. I really had no existence that things really existed outside of Chicago, like little towns, suburbs, until we had to move there. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) These people are different. (laughs) They were not like what I was used to at all. So that was a, um, I would say a transition that's at the beginning of my own healing. You know, this is where things start to shift for me and things for myself. Um, because we move, of course, out of divorce. Mm. So it's like, hey, leaving the city was not easy because that's where my family was, friends, and everything yeah. that we're accustomed to. Like my grandpa lived next door. Now we mm. have to drive to see Papa. Now we don't see Papa every day. We see him on the weekend. Um, so it, it changed a lot, but it was also, it was good. I mean, it was good because also I got to see the difference in education. Right. <laughs> Chicago public school versus, um, out in the South suburbs. It was very different. Uh, definitely I did. We did move back to, um, back to the city in my high school years as well. So I did get to compare it again. And I was like, Ooh, this week out mad this in the suburbs as a sophomore is my child taking seniors Mm. you know so um it just really uh, to be honest looking back now like it really set the foundation for a lot of the things that I stand for that I speak on now that I'm in school systems talking about it's like you know I got to experience I know the difference in education level depending on where you live (laughs) I know the different access to food depending on mm-hmm. where you live you know so it's interesting but you know we we make it out it's some it's one of us make it out right 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 we we make it out. Out. and we, we come out. back you know but the winter, the winters in chicago is brutal until them seasons change i can't come back right you need a i heard you need a, a nice big thick coat you do baby to visit that columbia. part of the world the columbia's out here will get you right because right. you need that level of a jacket good, good quality no. So what it sounds like, so, cause you work with, um, with black families, right? You're a black family advocate. Exactly. So is that what sparked you to want to do that type of work? Like, how did you know that I want to specifically work with my people? That's what I grew up around. <laughs> it was like, that's who I see. Right. Unfortunately, white people did not exist for me until, Ooh. uh, when we moved to Ohio, I was my first time seeing white folks mm-hmm. was when we moved to Ohio. In my community, baby, where? Where? Wow. Black That's all. So diversity outside of the folks that ran the corner store and the Asian folks in the beauty supply. My community, Black. So that's what I grew up. That's what I wanted to. That's who I went to. Those are the individuals, the problems, the issues that I've seen we're in my community, and that's what motivated me to go into this line of work. So those are the exact people that I want to help. Granted, I have worked with all of all folks, um, <laughs> all walks of life. But I'm very clear, and when it comes to my practice, who I am serving is mine, my community, African Americans, Black folks that are the spirit. I want it. That's it. 
just all of us. Um, and that's just about also knowing like there's not many of us. Right. And uh, I'm sorry, our healers should be for us. Yes. As the others, they come in, it's 10, probably 10 to 1. 10 yeah. therapists, probably 50 therapists to one black therapist, or maybe 100 out here. But that's just something of like how I also feel like it's just culturally responsible. I, why right. do I want to give your give a space to someone else when I know my community is in dire need? Right. So right. it became even stronger when I actually started going on my own cultural identity journey and like really understanding the importance of this work that I am doing and I will continue to do. And it's just like other folks are giving this information. It's my duty. It's my purpose yes. to take this information that is readily available and all kind of in, embedded into the fiber, DNA fibers of others of how they need to help themselves. And we are now relearning and re-getting our information <laughs> of healing back. So it's just like, I take it and I come, I'm the one that's going to bring the information that has been stigmatized, that has been colonized, that has been stolen, that we think it's not for us. I'm bringing that back and also changing the perspective so that folks can start to value this beautiful thing yes. and seeing that it is just as important in this inner beauty is as important as this. So, right. Yeah. And I loved how you kind of touched on your own healing journey. Cause I know most of us that consider ourselves as healers, we have a story as well. Right. Yeah. We're, we are healers. I don't have because, a story. I'm curious about look, you. Look, I don't know. Look, because we're yeah. able to pull from our own medicine bag to help assist others, right? Exactly. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sipping my tea, y'all. Yeah. I want to hear about your, I want, we want to hear about your healing journey. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, y'all. Tune in, story time. We ready. It started three years ago on a lovely evening after I enjoyed a fabulous dinner at a girlfriend's house. Um, yes, had this lovely experience. Followed by the call back home. Don't mind me, y'all. I'm dramatic, as y'all can see. Um, but no, my it did start back in 20, 2018. Um, when the birth of my son. Mm -hmm. that, that is when my, my healing journey officially got That was the straw because that pregnancy, not well. I was not well during that pregnancy. Mm. I was very much depressed, um, very much just not even not happy. I was not happy. And it showed. I didn't read to my baby. <laughs> None of the things I did with my first baby. Mm -mm. I did none of those things. And um, I had a, so I had multiple miscarriages in between child number one, child number two. And so my attachment just was different. I would say mm -hmm. my, the Virgo in me, when it comes to protecting myself, baby, walls come up. And um, after those miscarriages, I was just like, I'm not attaching to any more pregnancies because 
clearly they're not sticking. So even when that pregnancy came with my son, I was just like, I'm not going to attach. I'm not, I'm because I can't take another miscarriage, feeling all hung down and all of those things when you lose the baby and you thought you were about to have a baby. It's like, hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm just not even going to touch to. This is so far and so extreme. This is how you know I just was not with. It's like, I ain't going to do it because the safe zone of you can't have miscarriages, which was like, okay, maybe it was that week 27, 28, you know, mm. the risk and it is just, uh, okay. I went majority of my pregnancy pretty miserable. And wow. um, not attuned, not attached, not connecting with my baby at all. And so when I had, it was Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving of 2017, and as I was pregnant with my son, and I got in the shower, and I promise, I don't know if it's soap, but I seen some pink discolored fluid in the tub, and it's maybe sent me into a tizzy. Mm. Thanksgiving, all I can say is, thank goodness my family loved me, because I was a bear. I was not nice that holiday. Mm. And I had family from out of town. It was the last holiday with my mother-in-law. Mm. And I wasn't even in a, a very kind space with her. And I was so, it was so, uh, just so overwhelming to be thinking I'm about to lose my baby again. And I just freaked out and pretty mm. much... Uh, yeah, I definitely think I slept on a few people and just went into my room and cried and shut myself off from the rest of the family um, until I was like ready to like let them know like, okay, you know, because nobody had knew outside of my husband and of course my mom knew about one miscarriage, you know, nobody knew about the multiple miscarriages and it's, it's like it was just one after the other, the other. so um when I had, I just had explained to them, like, I'm sorry, you know, you know I'm a witch. I was just, I think I see some blood and I don't know and all of that. So it's like, whew, just for my baby to be born in January hmm. of an emergency C-section because my placenta erupted. Hmm. So, um, and I was saying that going to this story because it wasn't until that moment of that I felt like I was having a miscarriage that snatched me out of that depressive uh, and just place that I was in with that pregnancy. It pulled mm -hmm. me out and I was like, oh my God. And when I found out it wasn't one, I'm like, okay, I got, I'm so sorry. Then I was just felt so guilty for wasting all those things, not connecting with my son, the way that I enjoyed with my daughter. And um, just really trying to catch up. I'm like, now I'm trying to read all the time to him, mm. trying to talk to him. I'm trying to rub on my belly, do all the things. And then just for it to end in an emergency C-section with, unfortunately, my son's life on the line, my life on the line, him, mm. I mean, it was... When you say divine intervention, that's the only thing that saved me that day and my son because we were both. I was home alone when that mm. happened. And I, I mean, I, 
You know how, how much thing? Because I can tell you, trigger warning. Trigger warning for folks who um are listening. Hmm. It gets um graphic, so please take a break if you need to, ground yourself, because my healing journey is not for the light. Hmm. It is not for the light, and it's <sighs> bloody, shall I say. So before you go into that, um, what would you say to mothers or future mothers who may have or who may experience exactly what you experienced with the detachment from your unborn child because of the thought of you actually losing him? Mm-hmm. Now that you know what you know now, what would you have told your past self or future mothers or mothers who are experiencing this? Do it anyway. We can't live out of fear. Yeah. We cannot parent out of fear. Um, it's like, it's okay. And you know what? Losses happen. And they are. I'm sorry. They're for a reason. <laughs> That's my yes. own personal journey. Everything that happened, it is for a reason. Whether you understand it in that moment, it is for a reason. And sometimes it takes later for it to be revealed. <laughs> but yes. that's what I would say. Don't let, um, you know, your fear stop you from being who you are. Because those mm-hmm. were things I enjoyed doing. Being pregnant, reading, doing my belly rubs, everything. Like going to prenatal aerobics. I didn't even do that. I didn't do that at the time. I didn't do much. Mm. So that's what I was saying. It's okay. Even if you don't, even if it feels awkward, because it will feel awkward when you do not feel connected, it's gonna feel awkward. But you'll work through it. So you know you do it because and then if they make it, if the pregnancy comes full time, great. And if it doesn't, you know what? You still you honored yourself and you still were being a mom. That baby is your baby. You were still nurturing it. So to see it as even though they're not on the outside living, I still want to, I'm still going to love on you while I can. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So love with an open heart, no matter what. Yes. No we, fear. No, no fear. Because it's okay. Just, those of us, yes. Those of us who have a higher understanding know that babies choose to come. They it's, it's on their terms. No. Right. <laughs> He chose. He look, chose. look, we look. We not running nothing as I sit my teeth. Okay. Mm. And so, yeah. you know, I just thank you so much for sharing something so personal mm-hmm. about your journey, um, because I know that that is just the beginning. Yeah. Right. That that we are here to heal every day, all day. That the healing journey never ends. And although that we are healers and we know we have techniques that we use, mm. we still go through stuff. We still live in life. We still breathing. We real. It ain't perfect. We real people. Like if I pitch myself and hurt, ouch. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. no, look, we ain't out here trying to make it seem like we perfect and Never. our stuff don't stink because it's real <laughs> life out here. It is real life. And I couldn't even imagine, sis, I couldn't even imagine um, being in that type of position or feeling the way that you felt and not knowing 
and, um, you know, and having fear creep up on you because fear creeps up on all of us, although we know it's not real. <laughs> Nobody, everybody has a belly button <laughs> has felt fear. Yes. <laughs> okay. Everybody would have been. So if you do not have a belly button, then you are extinct from this information. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't want to, you know, kind of um, interrupt yeah. your, your thought, no. but I know you're going to move on to, to something else, but I just had to, you know, for those who are listening or probably being triggered mm-hmm. and, you know, they should know that it's not the end all, you know, to just always mm-hmm. love and do no harm. So thank for you for real. sharing that. So I'm yes. going to sip my tea and listen to the rest. No tea, sis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, y'all, pretty much, um, because my placenta abrupted, I mean, it, it detached nutrients, oxygen, all those things, no baby needs. My baby was being deprived of it. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, I was at home alone and in excruciating pain. And I tell you that pain of your placenta detaching. All I can say is this black woman, unfortunately, has a high tolerance for pain, but that was excruciating. Mm. Like it was definitely, and I will tell you about the motherly instincts, the willpower of a mom, because I was in the bathroom. Like I said, it's blood, it's blood everywhere. And I'm a person, I cannot take looking at blood. Mm. Makes me weak, makes me pass out. Everybody knows you get an injury around the door, just forget about it. Take care of you. <laughs> Take care of her. Everybody, every man for themselves. Um, <laughs> no, for real. That's, that's, why, that's one reason why I couldn't follow my mom's path for real. See, nurse, I can't do mm. blood. I can't. <laughs> but um, it was like everything that, and I called my midwife. Let her know, you know, I'm like, something's wrong. I'm in a lot of pain. Get here. My husband's at the gym. Can't, he not answer the phone. I have no one. And mm. I'm at home with Zania. And I'm just bleeding. And I'm laying on the bathroom floor in pain, crying. Mm. And my baby, my little princess, had to see him. Had to see that. So, come with me, of course, doors lock. I'm in the bathroom on the floor. In pain, it's really hard for me to move. Mm. Can't walk. She's like, but busting at the door. She literally, she's just like, I'm gonna have to keep the door in. And I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to get to the door. My daughter's not old enough to actually reach the locks. So I was like, it's either I can stay here, lay on this floor, pass out, or I can at least pull myself up to the sink, put some cold water on my face, and get to that door because. It's something ain't right, and I need to. I need to be able to get to that door, mm. and that's exactly what I did. Pull myself up on that seat, mm-hmm. hold water to the face, and crawl, walk however mm. I could to the door, open that door, and lay down on the couch. And that is where, and it's so crazy because I tell you how items. We'll, call, we'll still give you just items. We'll give you flashbacks. Because mm. to this day, that sofa, I will see blood on that sofa, even though it's not blood there. If I look, I will still see flashbacks of my blood on our couch that we have. Mm. And it's like the trauma. 
of it all. That going to, you know, <laughs> experiencing what I experienced and then going to my birthing center when I was about to finally have the birth that I wanted to have, my water birth, my natural birth. Mm-hmm. And can't do it. My baby's heart rate is too low. When she was struggling to find my baby's heartbeat, I knew it was a problem. Because mm-hmm. you don't take them long to find his heartbeat. That baby been solid. Heart, like, it's no issue. So when she told me, like, okay, sorry. I know you don't want this, but you we gonna you're gonna have to go to the emergency room, you know, mm-hmm. ambulance, everything. Mm-hmm. All the time. I'm still losing, still losing blood throughout it all, Lord. And it's so it's so interesting because you just re- you never really think about who's all impacted by what's happening to you. <laughs> but it's so funny. My support, my one of my good girlfriends that I had that was supposed to keep Zanaya when I had the baby, she came and it wasn't literally to well big guys about to be four it's almost three years later she just told me she's like that i was traumatized by your birth mm. <laughs> she wasn't even that you she didn't even have to see all she seen was all all the blood she's like when i came to get zanaya she's like you know that that traumatized so i can only imagine what you went through just because what i went through just seeing it right just a glimpse i mean didn't feel nothing didn't see you know <sighs> that wasn't even the bad part i was traumatized when i seen my baby <laughs> <laughs> when they gave me my baby's picture for the first time, they made me want to slap them doggies. Oh, we'll get that. But um, yeah, so just kind of going through that painful experience. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, my life was literally turned upside down um, with the birth of my son. And what came out of that traumatic experience, because he did, he had to be resuscitated. He, he became, he had to spend time in the NICU. My baby was not even, he wasn't even a baby. When they gave me the picture of my son, of course, I didn't get to see him for the first time. Didn't get to hold him immediately. Um, was this picture that I used in one of my trainings I did for Providence this year to tell them how untrauma-informed they are and how disrespectful and how they cause harm to us mm-hmm. black moms because I was like I'm sorry that is not the picture that you give in my that ain't what you give no parent my baby covered in tubes I mean you can't see mm. a baby he has on a big machine around his mouth there's mm. things coming you could I, I I didn't need to see my baby not at the first. I did not need to see my baby like that. That is not what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, that experience, um, going through that, dealing with, like I said, when you experience birth trauma and then all the physicians telling you all these things that your son, oh, he's going to have this issue. Oh, he's having seizures. He's going to have seizures. He's going to have, he could potentially have autism. He's this. I mean, literally going through all these things and how my baby just, I mean, he, he's a miracle baby. They definitely coined him that there. And he was their miracle baby because never, they's like, they would not have ever imagined for my son, he lost a lot of oxygen to his brain and he had to undergo hypothermic treatments, which anyone who's had a baby in a NICU that has to go through that, it's brutal. Talk about a fresh newborn baby sitting on a cold hypothermia mat for 72 mm. hours. Having to make tough decisions about, okay, we're hearing our baby scream. 
Do we give our baby morphine? They wanted to give him morphine. We don't give drugs. Oh, no. That's what what your mom was on. Literally, in in a panic state on how do we comfort, how do we take care of our baby in the NICU? Because he is screaming bloody murder. And that also ain't good for him. So, I mean, sis, that experience. All I can say, the experience of a lifetime, the most, um, definitely one of the most terrible things I've experienced, Um, humbling things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) showed me the power of my voice, of thoughts, of Mm -hmm. to speak, because when I tell you that something, a level of calm that came over me as I laid in that hospital bed <laughs> post-C-section and the strength that I had, baby, for one, they was in disbelief that I did not want a narcotic for my pain meds after that C-section. Mm. No, ma'am. Uh, ibuprofen, it's fine for me. I'm, it's doing it. Um, but just really just realizing that <sighs> I lost my train of thought. But no, but honestly, like, just to go back a little bit, like right now, if we were to speak about present day, like, what is the relationship like between your daughter and your son? Who knows who? They're like (laughs) regular siblings. Fight, play. Right. Uh, They're jealous of each other. One thinks the Mm -hmm. other one gets the most time. Um, But it's it really, to be honest, it's beautiful. It was beautiful when it started. It's still beautiful, but it's that transition piece where their little sister is tired of little brothers and siblings. Right. So they're normal. They're normal. Yeah, that's what I'm like. It's the normal sibling stuff about yeah, now. Right. Um, but I would tell you that that little girl of mine, her relationship with her baby brother when he came home, mm. beautiful. Yes. The way she tried to help mommy take care of him. When she first seen him in the NICU, seeing her little brother. So beautiful. My baby mm. wanted, she was mommy's helper with everything. Right. And it's funny because she brings that up to this day because she, she'll refer back to that because right now she's in the, I don't like him. I wish he was a baby again. I liked him then. <laughs> He's destroying my stuff. So... <laughs> That. That's what brothers do. I know. They really do. They that's destroy your stuff. That is what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So how, so sis, with all that going on, what are some of the tools in your medicine bag that you use to heal from that and continue to heal from that? What are the things that you had to do to recover? First thing was therapy. Therapy. Yes. I never, I was, I was that therapy that did not have a therapist, because mm. I am also, I can also say that, baby, I'm that black, too. <laughs> right. I'm that, okay, is it okay? Because it was lagging. Oh, yes, you're fine now. Okay, I'm like, I plugged in my charger, and then it started acting like it wanted to just cut. Okay, but I wasn't black. It's, no, that's the way I was raised, too. You don't talk to no shrink. You don't talk to no therapist. You just... You ain't still in no business, and that's real because, baby, as much as I struggled with, I struggled in silence. <laughs> right. Um, I never felt comfortable 
um, talking to anybody black for one, even about what I was going through. Oh, wow. Like, this is the stuff that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like folks don't talk about mental health. I'm sorry. <laughs> not in when I was growing up. Those right. conversations in my household, not in my aunt's household, not in the house, even though our family members were dying by suicide. We still mm. have those conversations. So, wow. And you would think after one successful, one person successfully completes and then somebody else attempts and attempts and it's like, nope, nobody's still talking about it. And here I am, the person like, wow, I've been experiencing, I've been feeling that way. Wow. But never had anyone to really talk to about that. Mm-hmm. But always mm-hmm. somehow, something always made, like kept, seriously, just kept me going kept me going and like that is why that's why I'm here that's why I do the work that I do and I think that's why my people that choose to heal with me they love and they know it's an experience like no other mm-hmm. because I'm coming from such an authentic place and they don't have to know my personal they don't know my personal journey but I will tell you how the universe, how energy works and everything, because I always get clients that are little pieces of me. And mm-hmm. as I'm feeling now, I heal different pieces of me. And I'm like, how is yes. it that I have a caseload? Different from my youngest was nine and my oldest was 38. Mm. And yet they all, it's like, they all, we all have similar shared experiences. Yes. We're reflections of one another. Yes. Yes. And I'm just like, how is it that I just keep drawing people that mirror some point or some piece of me and it be ways that you don't even realize until you're doing the work with them. And you're like, you tell them like, wow, wow, you actually just helped me. And this is what it's about. It's not a I, 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 it's we are both healers and I'm helping you access your self-healing so that you can realize the power within and you're also helping me heal reciprocity you know yes that's real that's real sis because just like you said healers also have healers because yes to know that you are a healer is to know that you have all the tools within yourself to heal correct Mm -hmm. and so as a healer I always call myself a guide because Mm -hmm. we're on this journey together just like you said it's reciprocity i'm learning from you and you're learning from me there is no overlord exactly you know what i'm saying and so i am no better right right we are here on this journey just walking Mm -hmm. each other home right that's it i'm here to be with you (laughs) yes and so we come into divine alignment with those who are meant to be in our life right because everyone we see is a divine reflection whether we like them or not yes right They are a divine reflection and your work is so needed, sis, because there's a lot of people that look like us that mm-hmm. think that they don't need help or I'm not going to sit down and speak to nobody. Or I know, you know, in, in Oregon, it's really hard to find someone who looks like you. No. Right. And so for you to specifically um, have time for people who look like you in our community, it's really, really, really important to be to be doing that type of work because when you are sitting across from somebody who is your divine reflection 
it's a little easier to get things out, right? The connection is different. The energy, mm-hmm. you can feel the energy. The empowerment It's a lot different. different. Yes. Because you can't, you can't tell. I don't want to look at somebody else and you tell me how you did. And I'm going to tell you, like, sorry, your experience ain't similar to mine because, baby, your humans a little different. Right, right, right. But when you, when I'm looking across from somebody else, it looks like me. Yeah. And, you know, it's some um, validity to, hey, you know what? From here, this is some tools that I've tried. You know, you can try them yourself, or yeah. but they work. They work. So. Right. So, wow, yeah. amazing, amazing. So before we move on, is there anything else about your healing journey that you would like to share? Because I Girl, know, yeah, I'm gonna I know, some- and I'm asking yes. you guys because I know this woman has no. truly healed gems. herself. So many gems. Okay. So. And I'm not going to let anybody no. miss out on this. So no. Okay. Because I've been, this has been a three-year healing journey. Three years of healing. And I can tell you that three years of putting in work, baby, it's worth it. And that's yes. why I'm out. That is why I'm like out here trying to tell people when you see this glow, join the team. I'm trying to tell yes. you how to get it because I want this. I don't want to be the only one or people just absorbing my glow. No, I want because you to that happens. Do some glow too. Yes. <laughs> we can glow together. Let's okay. glow up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, and that's one of the things that it, um, I would say that it took was first was the therapy piece. And that's for me right. because, and I would encourage you, I can encourage you for everybody. I don't care if your life is perfect. Go to therapy because if it's perfect, that's a problem because ain't nothing. Perfect. Right. You can, let me crack it You better speak. Um, so I did therapy and through that process, I realized, and this is where I like to speak to my black moms and my black fathers. And this is why. I tell you, when your life is purposeful, it will mm-hmm. lead you. This is how I got into perinatal mental health because mm. experiencing birth trauma and not knowing that that's what that was. And literally, I got into a physical altercation. Wow. Three weeks after. Three weeks after the birth. Three weeks after, after the birth. Yeah. And it wasn't even, it wasn't, it wasn't even here. Girl, I say altercation, but it really wasn't an altercation. It was a one hitter, but that was it. But it was enough for, for the, the powers. You know, you know, they press charges. You put hands. They press charges out here. Yes. But uh, <laughs> sorry, that's also golden. Also, unfortunately, how our system is set up because we don't have this mental health awareness and insight. Yes. A lot of us get criminally charged for things criminally charged for things that are not it's like dang it really was like you do understand how mental health plays a role and maybe when it comes to these cases because lord i got charged with harassment and all of this yeah I, I hit a woman i hit her but in my own defense right I myself, uh I was dealing with both of them and didn't know that mm-hmm. I was actually experiencing mm-hmm. me, the therapist, who knows what or so knows what PTSD looks like. Yes. Had no idea that I was experiencing PTSD from my from that birth. Mm. And literally also experienced another trauma because my mother-in-law had died two weeks after. Two oh. weeks after that. After my son was born. 
Mm. And that's actually why I wound up getting into conflict because I was headed to the airport and actually was triggered as my best friend sent me her picture of her successful water birth. Both our sons, we were both scheduled. Our boys were supposed to be two weeks apart. We were both Mm. having water births and my son came a month and some weeks early, four weeks early, I think. Um, But it was like that picture that my baby, my best friend had her baby safe. But when I seen it, all it did was trigger me that my birth, the reality of my son, all of the appointments, because like I said, he lost oxygen and his brain was damaged. They had him on Caesar medication. We had to see, <sighs> baby, them appointments get very tedious. If you are a NICU parent, you know, speech therapy, um, neurologist, the actual physician appointment, all these multiple mm. appointments that you have to tend to um, when your baby uh, has definitely been, his brain has been affected um, by the birth. So, excuse me, y'all. If y'all don't notice, I jump around. Well, but he's fine now. He's fine yes. now. That's okay. That's this, this is, this is mm-hmm. real. There is no, this, this is not, look, this is what we do. This yes. is a normal conversation. Baby. Because baby. I just want to make people aware that um, that like we said in the beginning that this never ends because I know after you experience something like that and I just wanted to say that mm-hmm. the son is fine right the baby's yep. fine he's normal <laughs> you know doing his own thing and different things like that yeah but yep. another yep. thing that I also wanted you to touch on is what you just recently mm-hmm. healed yourself from Mm-hmm. Because we said it never stops. Oh, yes. It does. It's a lifelong journey. And we have everything that we need in order to heal ourselves. We do. So let them know, sis. Let them know. I'm going to let y'all know. Self-love, y'all. Yes. Self-love. Speak. Say, say that one more time for the people in the back. Self-love. All right, then. Please. Let them lead the way. <laughs> I really Yes. This self-love journey that I have been on has definitely made me start to think like self-love may be the way out of a lot of these situations. A lot of these yes. illnesses supposed to be dealing with if y'all just love on yourself the most. Yes. And I say that, and when I say those things, I say that from a point of knowing, <laughs> from a point of, baby, I've been there. And I know that it can help mm-hmm. me. I know the change and the transformation. Yes. I did it. You know, um, what is it? A lot of folks, mm, at least within the Portland community, we will know folks that are within the community that know the work I do or that have followed me. No, earlier this year, I took time off from providing therapy because, mm. well, my life, I had a lot going on. Stress, significantly stressed. <laughs> uh-huh. So much so that what do we say? Stress manifests physically, right? Stress yes. will kill you. We're not lying when we say that. I want everybody black to hear this. Stress will kill you. Yes. It is not. It is not a game. It is not. So I say that because I had multiple physical manifestations of stress. Um, mm. not only autoimmune, I developed an autoimmune disease. There's no history of autoimmune autoimmune diseases in my family, not on either side. 
there mm. are even the risk factors. I don't meet the criteria except for stress. 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 And that's one thing as a woman of color, as a melanated woman, as a black woman, it's okay to have a line in the sand. It's okay to what is, I don't want to use the word barriers, but you know, boundaries. to boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Because we want to do, 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 go, 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 and think that we can accomplish all these different things in a short period of time. But when that stress show up, baby, when that stress that- show up, it will, you will have to take several seats. Yes. And so for you, right, okay. So you, to, for you to be able to actually acknowledge it and to say, you know what? I, I appreciate everybody. I love y'all, but this is about me. It's okay to be yeah. selfish a little no, bit of the time. Because sometimes you need to be like that in order to take care of yourself. You do. You do. So I, I applaud you, sis. I applaud you for, for you. sitting down and taking that break. Because I know if you took a break, I know it was needed. Because I know yes. the type of work you do in the community. Yes. And I'm like, I don't. It's like I've never taken, I've never burnt out. And that's the thing I also realized that I was burnt. Oh. I was and you're young. You still yes. young, girl. I am young. I am young. Baby, work doing therapy during that pandemic, it was twofold. It was great trauma. Then all the violence against us, then dealing with my own trauma. I was like, Yes. Yeah, yeah baby. Woo. No, 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 no. I need to take a break. Things got yeah. So I would say that that, you know, like I said, self-love and boundaries, like it is okay. It is okay to prioritize your needs. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things I got to really practice in therapy. That's yes. why I'm going to keep going back to go to therapy because they ain't better be your best friend. So they ain't going to sugarcoat it if you got one like me <laughs> or if you're messing with one like me too. Right, uh-huh. right. We ain't better sugarcoat. We're going to make you comfortable and make you feel very warm about what we deliver to you. But, you know, it's not a, it's like, I really want you to be well. It's like your yes. attorney. When your attorney going to bat for you, they're going to bat for you. Because they want, they're looking out for your best interest. So the same with your therapist. Right. And they're telling you teaching his skills. They're looking out for you. So definitely setting boundaries and being able to be assertive about what do I need? Mm-hmm. And I knew, I'm like, baby, for one, I'm too young. I had shingles. I got shingles at the beginning oh, of the year. Oh, wow. Who's 32, baby? 32. Ooh, that's, wow. yeah. Shingles. Shingles. And honor dem- So my body was letting me know that it was overwhelmed. It was stressed. Mm. I had random rashes popping up on my body, skin lesions, everything. Just mm. things I never experienced. And for one, chronic pain that you cannot function. And I am a functioner. So laying in the bed in pain is depressing to me because I'm used to being up and about and moving. So, baby, having that sit down, going through that, it definitely, for one, strengthened my journey, my energy work I began to do. I started leveling into my spirituality. I learning more about spirituality, Different things. I was like, baby, I'm about to help all avenues. Because <laughs> I cannot. 
I, what I'm feeling right now, I cannot. And yes. when I don't feel like I can function as a mom, and I got to rely on my daughter, it don't feel good. I mean, it's cool. Like, I'm glad. I know they just want me down and out. You know, you can help out a little bit. But I didn't like that. Right. So I kind of was like, what do I need to do? I'm about to change. Like, I'm literally about to change. Because this... I cannot live like this. My skin, not being able, because literally that's why I stuck with the therapy. Because it's like, I'm in chronic pain, my mood is off. Yes. I am not in a good mood. I'm angry. Mm, I, mm-hmm. I can't show up bright and bubbly. In fact, that's why you're not seeing me. <laughs> when, right. when I disappear, that's when y'all wonder where Z was, why Z wasn't out here. That, Z was at home in that bed crying. <laughs> because right. that pain was just ridiculous ridiculous mm. and like i said i have a high a high tolerance for pain so for me to be in the bed down and out it was not good no. and so that's what kind of led me to just be like no no i'm gonna take time off from work because i don't like flaking i don't like canceling and that's what i'm doing because my health was unpredictable i could be right. good today and then okay flare up now I'm in pain. Now I'm moody. Now I'm feeling like, why is this happening again? Yeah. Unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. Um, how, so it sounds like, because normally what we do as healers is we have all the advice for others. Yes. But sometimes we don't take our own advice, right? No. Mm-hmm. Because we have, we have used it in the past, so we know that it yeah. works. So we are, you, you should do this for that, this for that, and that for this. Mm-hmm. But sometimes spirit sits us down. It's like, puts the mirror in our face and say, I'm going to need you to take your own advice. Oh, for Sit real? Sit down. Take care of yourself. There's something going on. And what are you going to do about it? So that is my next question for you. Mm-hmm. So with you experiencing that, um, what forms of self-love did you, you know, how did you care for yourself in order to heal yourself? Oh, my gosh. The one... I loved on me, like yes. literally loved on me. I started taking care of myself, taking pride in small little things. And it's mm-hmm. little habits or little routines that you don't even realize the power of, such as a facial, literally doing a facial routine, something I started to just, you know what? I never in my life has really tried to take care of my skin. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I want to take care of my whole life. You know, I don't yes. just want to take care of one piece. Not, I was like, I want to take care of everything. So I started cleansing a tool. I'm going to shout her out. Go ahead. PDX Goddess. Yes. Own oils, facial cream, CBD infused, everything. Wow. Their regimen. And I'm like, that was one thing I said I was going to do to, A, show up for me first at the start of the day. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I changed. I was like, I'm not getting up. And jumping into mommy mode, neither. I'm not waking up and jumping out right on the breakfast no more. No. I wake up and I start my routine. It's my facial cleanser and serum. And when I'm doing that, I say affirmations while I listen to a meditation. And I'm like, I just started putting me at the forefront. Mm. Really realizing prioritizing me helps the whole game. Okay. Yes. When yeah. mommy is right, everybody yeah, is right. Everybody. And when I'm not, everybody. Everybody else. And that's a problem. So mm-hmm. 
So really, it was that doing something regiment wise, routine. Um, and then also, like I said, I started I started engaging in Reiki because mm-hmm. that was something I also um, found to be helpful throughout the pandemic. Yes. Um, increased acupuncture. I'm all about body based because I'm like, I can work here all day. I done, I done did a lot of heavy lifting here to where in the mental. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I forget. You know, this also could be audio in the brain. Right. Yes. We done did that mental work. So mm-hmm. it, I've been centering and since a lot of, you know, the things I was experiencing was physical, like I said, rashes, pain. I was looking more into what can I do to relieve some of that pain. So I got into crystal healing as well um, yes. and had a queen out here make me um, some waist bees with crystals that were for autoimmune support. Mm. Um, and I literally wore that immediately. I've been wearing it since... <laughs> So she made it, which was shortly after I kind of, once I found out what I was dealing with, then I was like, okay, okay, I could, I could do like, that's what I do. Something's going on here. Give me answers and I'll figure out how to heal myself naturally because I'm not taking that medication that you just told me (laughs) for the rest of my life. Ooh. Yeah. So crazy. But um, yeah, so I did that. I spent a lot of time reflecting, journaling, so much writing. So, I mean, when you have space, Mm. space from work, from everything, I would say, even from your partner, the clarity, the way that you can just think when your mind is not into all these other responsibilities or all these roles that you have to, it's like, I get time to really think and connect with me. And that's something that I don't know that a lot of us really have time for when you're thinking about your week and parenting and all that, that you really think and sit down, like carving out that time for you. So yes. that was something I got very unapologetic about. Like, I need my new time. It has to right. It's no longer negotiable. I need it. This is why I need it. Um, and uh, that is, that was very helpful. But one of the, I would say this <laughs> For me, the biggest things that helped me mm-hmm. uh, heal from my autoimmune disease, to be honest, I think I'm going to say one was changing my lifestyle from alkaline vegan because that also contributed to my stress. Oh, yes. Significantly. And the foods that were cut out of my diet also contributed to that autoimmune mm. because it, is the, it was key nutrients. And certain of the fruits that I eliminated in pineapples that play a very important role when it comes to your connective tissues. Really? <laughs> yes. Pineapple yes. actually helps with the lungs as well. Yes, pineapples help with a lot. And it's like, yes. you don't realize um, everything is not for everybody. Yes. And I say that because now I think I've traveled the alkaline journey. It was not for Zadora. Mm. It contributed. Between that and my marriage, those are two things, two major changes I made in six months. And that's um, this is how long it took to heal myself. Six months. Because six months is made is when I found out I had the autoimmune disease. 
I was experiencing symptoms since March of last year. Since wow. March of um twenty twenty nineteen is when I had my first first rash, and it was isolated, so it was no big deal. You know, I don't really like going off. Like, rash number two, and rash number three. <laughs> okay, something's no something's up. Um, but uh, what? Yeah, I gotta re- go back and retrain my thought on where the heck what was I going? But that no, you were speaking about how the alkaline vegan diet was not for you. It yeah. actually made it worse. Yes, because it, it came with a lot of stress and anxiety over eating. Mm, to be yes. honest, to this day, my appetite has not been regained. I struggle to eat now. I eat one meal a day, two if I'm lucky. But right. I try. I really try. <laughs> so that's something I also, you know, I put into my work with people. Because right. I understand, like, I really, when you said balance, Libra, that's what I learned. Balance is key. It does not have to be all or nothing. Yes. And that's, that is what, <laughs> okay, all or nothing. Like, I could be alkaline in the house, but look at how often am I actually in my house. Right. Most of the time you're out and about running errands, which that's why that's food coming. But it became pretty much a str- uh, very much a struggle to find food when you're out and about or good or you don't pack stuff to go or you do and then you go through your good your snacks and it just became a source of stress for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was already a source of stress. Um, right. I, I instantly just kind of transitioned into it. Right. But, um, it's just really making that decision on listening to your body. And not what others say, because right. your body is the one that will let you know if something is for you or if it ain't. Not yes. not me. I can tell you something, but if it ain't for you, it ain't for you. You know. Um, so that that was a piece, and like I said, also loving on my my biggest self love act of self love was actually making a decision to end my marriage. And oh that, wow! That. That is my biggest act of self-love. And can I tell you, my God is so happy with me. Mm. So happy. happy. My ancestors are all happy with me. And they've been strong. And when you really... (laughs) When you listen. When you listen. When you listen. Because they speak to you. No, for real. And that is one thing that this journey has shown me. And I wish. You know how when you feel it, you want other people to feel that. Yes, sis. And I'm like, I know what it is to be guided. Mm -hmm. I know what it is to see the signs, to ignore them, and Mm -hmm. to feel the wrath of when you disobey. Because I don't mean the shingles was not um harassed. Because I disobeyed. I disobeyed. I was already told to let that relationship, to let my marriage go. And you didn't listen. I didn't. You know, that's girl, that is a thing, like Mm -hmm. not to interrupt you, but when we don't listen to the ancestors, like I don't know about everybody else's ancestors, they will come back with a fierce wrath. 
They don't work. They didn't, we're not here for no reason. Let's, we are not here for no reason. Mm-hmm. We have reincarnated. We are the ancestors walking on the earth. And we have a mission, a divine mission. And if we come here and we get off course, oh, baby, uh, I hope you got real thick skin. Because it's not going to be good. They going to reject you. Real they, right. Because they're going to align you because this life is not only about us. It's for seven generations back yes. and seven generations forward. Yes. Right. It's, you already know Sankosa. That's the and, name of your business. That's why it's that name. Yes. From my own healing journey of how I had to go back to be able to go forward. I had to go back and heal those past traumas and work through this and break what? this curse and who the baby. Yes, I, look. When I tell these folks, I'm beyond my years. I'm 32, but baby, my ancestors. You know. Yes, I done been here. They, they, you, you, look, you the great great grandma of somebody. Somebody, because baby, I've always, and that's why you know I kind of feel that's why I probably why I've always been with an older crew. Yeah, baby, yeah. My crew's never been my age. Now I'm right. surprised. Like they, you like for what? Right. Yes, boo. I am. I, you know what? I love that because you kind of you kind of um, veered or, or uh, made a segue into the next question, which is mm-hmm. for those who are listening. Um, what would you want us to ponder on today with everything that you've mentioned and said, what would be your point of contemplation for us to kind of sit with and think about? Hmm. I would say how are you loving on yourself? Yes. How How are you loving on yourself? Yes. And how much time do you spend doing that? Mm-hmm. Is it a priority for you? Yes. And does that time that you spend actually reflect that? Because, like I said, I want people to get on that journey of self-love, of Mm -hmm. self-love, and really being intentional about, okay, you say you care about yourself, but your actions. Mm. How are you showing? Because right now I'm seeing you show up for everybody. Right. You ain't show up for yourself at all. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's mm-hmm. really, I really want people to ponder on that. I love that. How are you loving on you? And if you're not, start. Mm-hmm. It's one thing you can do to love on you. And trust me, it's not materialistic at all. It's about, you know what? Let me see how am I loving on myself? Am I doing myself right. justice by avoiding or hiding or not processing something. Am I loving on myself or am I doing myself a injustice right now? And you know, mm. everything is situational. Because sometimes we have to temporarily avoid something. Right. But you're going back to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I don't have capacity for this. Right. I'll pin this. But let me get my capacity together. And then I'm going to come and I can, I can deal with this situation. Yes. Um. You know, just really, I want, that's what I want people to ponder on. Mm-hmm. What, they, what, how are you loving on you? Who are you? Do you really love you? Right. Don't anybody love you? Well, look. I love me? Because that's what I've been doing. I text people randomly now and tell them, yo, I love me. And I just thought you should know. Instead of just saying I love you all the time. 
I love myself too. So I can start yes. valuing myself more because I see the way I take care of everyone else I love. Maybe mm-hmm. when I start saying I love me, I'll start actually doing that same thing. Right. Right. You know? so that's how I that's how I like um I really like people to just explore explore ways to love themselves. And if you find that you have a hard time loving yourself, why? Right. That is. Because trust and believe, when you do let love lead the way for yourself, mm. you're going to be surprised how the blessings are going to follow. Yes. Oh, <laughs> when you're loving on you, it's just going to radiate. Mm. It's going to, and that's what I'm living in. I'm living in the era of, hey, I just met me three years ago, girl. <laughs> I just met me three years ago and I'm in love with her. Yeah. Right. This baby, before three years ago. No. Mm-hmm. I was not in love with Zidora. I was still very much low self-esteem and insecure. Mm. And now I'm here like But look at her now, what? y'all. What, what is that? I'm right. Like, what? Right. I don't care who's in the room. Seriously. And it's like, that's what self-love will do. Yeah. Your self-esteem will improve when you start to honor yourself. Being yeah. assertive, setting boundaries, really being authentic. Like people speak to me Uh oh, say that again, sis. You sound you sound um kind of broken up. When you're close, we can hear you. Okay, I said when people, you know, I just be more authentic. Like I really yes. try to show my authentic. And when people even ask me. Um, you know, like how you talk, I don't lie. I don't say the casual good or fine. If I'm having a bad day, I'm like, no, my day is trash. I'm not right. doing it right now. You know, I know it would be better, but right now it's high garbage. You know, but I just really think people need to. It's okay. It's different ways you can show up and practice self-love. Like, I practice, I've been practicing being vulnerable. Yes. Tell people what's going on with me. I practice actually letting people support me this year. That's a that's a kicker right there. That's right People there. They <laughs> do. They want to help. Me too. Yeah. And that's that's really what I try to normalize with the whole self love, self care, and even with the work that I do with moms is like mm-hmm. when you actually let your community know what's up, you'll actually see that they're going to meet the demand, baby, tenfold. Yes. Because I can tell you. And. Uh, I don't know if it's just Z, you know what I mean? And I do have to give that disclaimer. Like, I don't know. Because y'all could say it's just me. But like, what I've seen, I ain't seen nobody not have my back out here. Mm-hmm. here. Those within my village yes. going through divorce. And I mean, these are professional people. These are not my best friends. These are not my sisters. These are not, they, they my village. Yeah. And you know what? When they caught wind of what was going on, me going through a divorce, Baby, elders, corn love, opening showed up, showed up, baby. How can I support you? You need to be loved. I'm glad you're taking this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I want people to know that because so many times black women get pigeon into that strong black woman narrative. Oh, and nobody goes in ways. I don't want no help on that side. Like, I'm here to tell you, it feels so much better to let some of that pride go. Yes. And to not carry everything and to not right. have to do it all. I I am enjoying um asking and receiving. 
ass. Yeah, you better greasy. But first, you gotta let go of some of that stuff so something can get in, right? Exactly. Release to, to receive. You do. Yes. Yes. And then that's why I'm like that cleansing. I'm telling you, that time off was for me and my spirit. Yes. <laughs> that time off was for healing my inner child. It yes. was. It was everything. It was everything, and I did it. <laughs> even when I know I don't want to do this stuff yes you know how you said uh, we get these you know we know the tools but sometimes we don't want to use them ourselves mm-hmm. it's like that's the thing when you and that's what I tell folks the most is when you find it the hardest to practice that's exactly when you need to practice oh yes it's like um, working out no when <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to go to the gym you might want to go to the gym Go. <laughs> go. Go. It's going to be go. your best day. Yes. And when I you speak of techniques, right? I do a lot yes. of tapping techniques. I do a lot, do of, a lot of what techniques? Tapping. Tapping. Oh. Working with the emotional freedom techniques for yes. doing the acupuncture. Tapping on these different meridian points so that you can get grounded in your mind. And yes. You know, you kind of reset. So. Those and I've been working with my vagus nerve, so that's what I'm doing. Toning my vagus nerve so that mm-hmm. I can have capacity so that my tone and my recoil when I'm triggered can I can get back to my rest and digest quicker. I can get back into calm mode, back into right. Hey y'all, I'm back. Either drain, fatigue, or you know. Feeling um feeling overwhelmed by whatever's going on. Right. Oh. That's some that that's a a wonderful point of of contemplation. So so say if there are people out there that would love to work with you or hear about something that you have coming up next, sis. Mm-hmm. I know I know you got something up your sleeve. Like Always. what do you have coming up next? Okay. And how could our listeners reach reach you? Yes, you can always reach me. You can reach me via social media, of course. Facebook and Instagram is at Sankofa underscore CFH. And my website is www.sankofacenterforhealing.com. As well as, yeah, um, <laughs> right now I'm, I'll be leading a parenting workshop yeah. on the 30th of this month. Fifth day of Kwanzaa, y'all. Nia, Nia, Nia. Nia purpose. Yes, engaging in some purposeful healing because I'll be talking with our parents, black parents, about right and anxiety. So, like I said, this is an opportunity to engage, to build skills. You know, everyone's always talking about they want to heal generational trauma, want some generational healing, everything. I'm like, this is that opportunity because. Not only am I here to give you the tools, it's also a space for my parents to come together and actually talk about these things. Yes. <laughs> in a welcomed environment. Because it's so much so many of us that walk around experiencing things, not even realizing that, oh, no, that's a thing. That's not just, oh, it's just me. No, it's a whole right. Oh, that's anxiety. Oh, this tension in my neck is from my anxiety. I didn't know. I've been feeling it forever. Yes. Mm. Yes. So that is where people can find me. And I also will be starting accepting clients again in January. So I will be back. 
Yes. There we um, go. Doing the work. So yes. yes. I love that. You. So for your um for your workshop, is that in person and online? So it's online. Right now it's virtually and you can find it on Eventbrite if you search okay. parenting through stress and anxiety. But I do have some that will be coming up that will be because I'm currently working on. In right. <laughs> you know, with more holistic healers and things. So, oh yes, 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 yes. This comes so, together. So it sounds like there's going to be a part two. Always. Um, Always. I love that. I love that. You know what? Thank you, sis, for sharing your story with us today. Thank mm-hmm. you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your authenticity. All that stuff you mentioned for others to, you know, for them to stay within that energy. Thank you for exuding that energy. As well as mm-hmm. this was fun. I mean, this was really fun. Yeah. Okay. We so, but before you go, mm-hmm. one question that I always like to ask people is knowing that we will one day be an ancestor because we are all ancestors in training. Mm-hmm. What legacy would you like to leave behind for those who will come after you? Mm. You know, Ooh. and that could be not just like, physical it could be mental it could be healing nope. it could be whatever that's you it. want it to be that's it's funny because I just had the conversation with my sister like we talk about generational wealth so much and we're always talking about it in money form mm-hmm. I'm leaving the legacy of generational wealth in the mental and emotional form. yes I'm, my legacy would be a legacy of healing like mm. wow look at the way our family was able to transition and heal like look at the older generations versus what's going on now and that that is the legacy legacy of healing a legacy of communication a legacy of honoring yourself Mm. doing what's best for you no matter how hard it is because knowing that the payout is greater it's really greater when you invest in yourself when you take care of yourself so that is the legacy. Take care of yourself. Mm. Heal. Baby, don't let these folks control you. If it's one thing, I'm going to be dropping nothing but mental health. <laughs> oh, <damn it. laughs> right, right, right. You take care of that mental, you know, the physical is going to improve, your spirit, everything. Like, everything. That's everything. I just want us to be, that's the legacy, baby. Glow up, heal, and thrive. Right, mentally, spiritually, and physically. Yes. Thank you, sis. So is there mm-hmm. anything else that you might want to add that we didn't get to touch on mm-hmm. at this time? Mm-hmm. Everybody go get there now. Hey. Oh. No, but let Look me think I intentionally if... for a second. You can. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really think about that. Ponder on that. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you, sis. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. It's always an honor and experience. Yes. And um, thank you for sharing your healing journey. And we love you. And for all of those who are listening, we are sending love. We are sending light. Don't forget to heal if you need a therapist. Like mm-hmm. Sadora said, yeah. run and go do that. All right? Right. Peace now. And love.